You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. In this episode of the Motor City Hypnotist Podcast, we have a special guest and we are going to be discussing career counseling. With the COVID pandemic affecting millions of individuals and their work and careers, we address many issues regarding jobs and careers and how you can move forward. And also, as usual, I'm going to be giving the listeners a free hypnosis guide. Stay tuned. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. I really need a job, and I will take any position as long as it doesn't involve having sex with old ladies for money or bear traps. Those are my two bugaboos. Get ready for the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright, originating from the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan. He has hypnotized thousands of people from all over the United States. David R. Wright has been featured on news outlets all across the country and is the clinical director of an outpatient mental health and hypnosis clinic located just south of Detroit, where he helps people daily using the power of hypnosis. Welcome, the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright. What is going on, people? It's David Wright back with another episode of the Motor City Hypnotist Podcast. We are here coming to you from the Podcast Detroit Northville Studios. With me, not as usual. Actually, Jamie is in the booth today helping us out. Hey. I, know, I know Matt Matt is, uh, is gone this week, but uh, he'll be back. Uh, but yeah, Jamie's in there and uh, making everything sound good. Try it. Yeah. I will. Oh, <laughs> that's good, Jamie. Awesome. Affirmative. So let me tell you where to find me. Uh, my website is MotorCityHypnotist.com. Uh, you can find me there. Uh, the podcast page is on that website. Also, my store with all of my products as far as MP3 recordings, ebooks, and other kind of other cool stuff that you can find that will be helpful for you. On social media, on Facebook, Motor City Hypnotist, on YouTube, um, also on Twitter, at Motor City Hypno, and on Instagram, Motor City Hypno. And if you would like to contribute financially to the show, you can also find me on Patreon. Now, your donations can be a small amount monthly and, and you get cool stuff from it. Like, you know, we have coffee mugs, T-shirts, and um, one of the levels you can actually plug something that you would like to plug on the podcast. So that's a cool thing, too. So so give that a look. And, and if you you'd want to contribute, I would appreciate that. And as usual, on every episode, I'm offering all the listeners a free hypnosis guide. That link will be in the show notes. That is a one and a half page PDF, really covering just some common things uh, as far as facts, misconceptions, and giving you the basics of hypnosis. So take a look at that and download that. And the biggest thing is wherever you're listening, uh, whatever podcast platform you're on, please subscribe to the show and also just leave a review. That will help me out and, and get me a little bit more exposure, which is helpful, and I would appreciate it. And finally, you can also join me each week as I co-host the Site by MG podcast, which in fact will be coming up a little bit later this evening. So that's the places where you can find me. This episode of the Motor City Hypnotist Podcast is brought to you by Banner Season. Online marketing is saturated and people are rarely open their emails. Are you in sales or does your business market to customers? How do you connect with family, friends, and clients? Banner Season takes your marketing into the real world by delivering kindness and thoughtfulness directly to your clients physically. 
Imagine the excitement of your family, friends, and customers as they receive personalized cards and gifts in their mailboxes. Go to bannerseason.com slash fantastic and begin today to express kindness and make connections with others. And again, a disclaimer on that, I get a little cut of that because I am an affiliate for that program, uh, but it doesn't affect you. Uh, you still pay the same thing. Uh, but again, as full disclosure, I just like to let you guys know that uh, I do get something for it. So take, the, take a look at that, and we appreciate that sponsorship. So as usual, we start with... How winning is done. Our winner of the week. Again, we we started this in the very first podcast, and I, I just like it, so we're going to continue it. And <laughs> for, for good good feedback, at least from Matt when he's here, he, he loves it. So the winner of the week this week, and, and this is a very serious one. I know sometimes they're funny, sometimes it can be just things that we enjoy, but but this one I, I really it's it's meaningful. It's the late Congressman John Lewis. Um, his funeral was this past weekend, and. I mean, I I can, I'm just going to read a little bit. Most of you know his legacy, what he's done for civil rights over the years, but he is a civil rights leader, leader who served in the United States House of Representatives for Georgia's fifth congressional district from 1987 until his death just a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he also served as chairman of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee from 1963 to 66. Um, Lewis was one of the big six leaders of groups who organized the 1963 March on Washington, and he fulfilled many key roles in the civil rights movements and its actions to end legalized racial segregation in the United States. In 65, Lewis led the first of three Selma to Montgomery marches across the Edmund Pettus Bridge in an incident which became known as Bloody Sunday. State troopers and police then attacked the marchers, including Lewis. Uh, Lewis, again, was a member of the Democratic Party. He was first elected to Congress in 86. And, and I could go on and on. Um, one of the things I want to – there's so much information. We could probably spend a whole episode on this. But but um, he received an honorary degree, and he also received the Presidential Medal of Freedom, which was actually awarded to him um, by President Obama. So, again, great man. He had great influence and, and – um, I, 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 there's not enough I can say. It, it's just uh, it's sad that he passed. His legacy will live on, and that is why he is the winner of the week. That's how winning is done. That is definitely how winning is done. So into the episode, folks, we are talking about, and, and I'll, I'll say this up front, when I say the words career counseling, it might seem to people like, eh, what, what is that really about? You know, it, it, it just doesn't sound very exciting, but it's a very important part of people in their careers, especially if they're looking for jobs or looking to make a change in jobs. So I'm excited today because we have a special guest with us. My guest is a career coach, certified resume writer, and licensed professional counselor. He has spent the last 13 years working as a mental health therapist, helping hundreds of individuals and families address emotional, relational, and environmental challenges. For the past seven years, he has specialized in career development, working in higher education. He has worked for three different higher education institutions and has taught courses in career development. He is currently a career coach at Eastern Michigan University, 
working with undergrads on career exploration and development through individual coaching. He also works as a WEN career advisor for the WEN Enterprises Corporation, where he provides distance career advising to a range of early and mid-level professionals. Finally, he recently launched his own company, Mint to Be Career, LLC, which focuses on the career development of young adults as they launch their first careers. He is offering one-on-one career coaching, resume review, and writing services, LinkedIn reviews, and interview preparation. So I want to welcome my special guest, Brad Minton. All right, Thank you Brad. So much. Thanks for being with us. Absolutely. Appreciate How you it. doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. All righty. <laughs> oh, good for you. Brad and I have actually known each other for, gosh, it's been 15, 16 years probably. At least 12. We, we, okay. Well, I was going to say, we, we, I, I won't go into this sordid story, but we worked at a clinic that uh, ended up going belly up for weird reasons. And um, <laughs> let's just say it, 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 was, it was pretty bad. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand. Yeah, it, it, it did back then. But uh, we went on and continued on. And, and actually, we, we worked in the same office. He works in my office uh, as another therapist counselor there. In addition to his career uh, counseling uh, career, so good. I'm glad to have you, Brad. Appreciate you coming in. Um, and um, yeah. let's start off, I guess. Just tell me a little bit about what kind of what what kind of drove you to their career counseling path along the way here. Well, it's actually pretty interesting. So, just like you, I kind of started out in in mental health, and I just uh, you know I've always been driven to help people, and no matter what the uh, the case may be, and uh, originally just uh, saw myself being a marriage and family therapist, mm-hmm. and uh, you know started out my career and did that for a couple of years, and and really really enjoyed it. And um, you know life just kind of takes you on sort of a windy path sometimes, and opportunities present themselves, and it's not necessarily things that you're looking for, but uh, things that just kind of happen to stumble into your lap sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the case here. I got. Um, Ended up finding a position, actually was propositioned to me okay. uh, to work in uh, a college setting, higher education, and never really considered that before. Uh, you know, I always thought about just kind of working in a clinic or maybe mm-hmm. doing private practice or that kind of thing. And um, so I, I took the opportunity and, and kind of ran with it, and I just fell in love with it. I loved working with uh, with young people. You know, we're just starting out, just figuring themselves out. Um, you know, so many are, are entering into their adult lives without a clue of where they're going and mm-hmm. what they want to do. And I love being the person that kind of fills that gap for them and, and helps. Uh, I always call myself bridge builder. Right. You know, uh, try to connect the dots there, help them discover themselves, what they like, what they're passionate about, and, and kind of lead them to that. And it was in 2013 where I took on the position of a career counselor. Uh, it was a vacancy at the school that I was at. Mm-hmm. And in the process, I started teaching courses in yeah. career decision-making. And that's where everything just clicked for me. As soon as I started, you know, seeing the light bulbs go off and student after student after student, it was just, it, you know, it just sucked me in. And I love now that I'm, you know, seeing some of my old students on LinkedIn or they might be sending me an email here and there to say, hey, this is what I'm doing. I got into grad school or I'm starting my career in this or I'm seeing these these feeds. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's the coolest thing. Yeah, know? that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I and I it's and it's it's good that we started with that because I think I, and and I don't specialize in career counseling but I'm in a career and and my son just graduated is going into college 
And I and I notice even just going back, boy, even back to when I was in school, even till now, that there's not a lot of direction for students. They're kind of just out there on their own. And even in high school, I think there should be some kind of of planning or some kind of focus, like where are your aptitudes, where are your skills. What's the best area for you to pursue that you're going to enjoy? Mm-hmm. Absolutely preach it to the choir on this because <laughs> yeah. those students are now ending up in you know the community colleges and the universities, and they're no further along than you know where they uh, where they were in high school. Um, there really wasn't a, a significant focus on that mm-hmm. development process. Yeah, they made a maybe took one or two assessments and uh, but really didn't get a whole lot of follow up and it's one of those things that's individualized they really need that yeah. that coaching that um that that hand to kind of walk them through and be able to say okay this is what this means and let's kind of explore this let's really you know peel back these layers a little bit and um and, and so there's some really really exciting things that I see taking place um that's really you know, um, you know. I think going to address that issue. Um, there's a company out there called SparkPath, uh, which is really about sort of shifting the framework from saying, "Okay, um, that age-old question, what do you want to be when you grow?" Right. Instead of thinking about that, it's starting to think about what challenges do you want to tackle. You know, uh, what solutions do you want to be the one addressing? You know. Um, so I, I love that approach, and I, I think uh, you know if we can start implementing you know that kind of thing to to be more proactive in the high schools, um, and we could certainly continue that process in throughout college because you know careers evolve; they're not you know, oh yeah they're yeah. certainly not going to to be stagnant, uh, or mm-hmm. they're certainly not going to be the same case uh, right. you know for years and years like it was traditionally right. Yeah, that's and and I I just see that as a big need because I think a lot of kids just have no direction and they could be successful in something they have a passion for or a skill at and they just don't have that uh, somebody to lead them in that direction or mm-hmm. encourage them mm-hmm. and and honestly uh, I mean I know a lot of kids I was one of them I was my I was the first kid in my family to go to college so. Mm-hmm. Th- I, I mean, not of any fault of their own, but my parents couldn't direct me. My siblings couldn't direct me. It was just, it just kind of had to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did end up going to something I enjoy doing, but a lot of kids end up, and I don't say this in a bad way, you know, a job is a job sometimes, but, but if you spend the next 30 years just being miserable, is, is that really, is that really the best use of your talents? Absolutely. And, yeah. and that's a big, that's a big part of why I do what I do because um, for me, I, I personally have a connection to it. My dad worked at a a ho hum engineering job for twenty years that he really didn't enjoy, mm-hmm. and and when he got laid off, I was about ten or eleven at the time when he got laid off. Um, at the time, it felt like the world was ending, but it ended up being a blessing in, in disguise because he then sort of you know, really reevaluated what he wanted out of his life and kind of said, do I need to just kind of, you know, make a paycheck to make a paycheck or, right. you know, can I really find some passion and purpose in life? And he started his own photography business. Oh, photography wow. had always been a passion of his. Uh-huh. And it was just something that, you know, he just loved doing. And he would always do these little gigs on the side, take pictures for people on the side. And it was uh, something that took a while to kind of build up and, sure. and build steam. But, you know, he actually ended up being quite successful with it. So. That, that, that's a great story. And, and that's and, – and I, I'm going to build off of that a little bit. I have a friend who I knew a while back. He was, he was a um, – 
I'm not going to name specifics just for his, but mm-hmm. but I'm hoping to have him on the show at some point. But mm-hmm. but he was a a like a divisional vice president in a major company here in Detroit mm-hmm. and had been doing that for years. And he just he just said, "This is I, I just don't like it. I, I it's it's the corporate BS. It's the mm-hmm. I, I just don't enjoy myself." And he started a tequila company. <laughs> and again, you I see such it. a difference from what people do to like your dad working yeah. as an engineer, not mm-hmm. going to photography. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't see any connection with those no. two things, but it was a passion. No. Yeah. And that's that's the difference between uh, sort of choosing a career for, for practical needs mm-hmm. uh, versus doing something that's genuinely aligned with who you are. Yeah, yeah exactly, which comes back to our original thing as far as is getting people into the right thing for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I know there's – we have a pandemic going on mm-hmm. and, um, uh, you know, unfortunately, this is kind of the – I won't say the elephant in the room, but but there's a lot of people out of work. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you see the, the unemployment claims or another 1.3 million, I think, last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you think this, this pandemic is going to affect individuals and I guess their careers? I mean, do you see a lot of people making changes after this or during this? Well <sighs> – Every situation is a little bit different and, and every individual is in sort of a, a different place mm-hmm. and certainly the numbers there, you know, I, again, it's hard to keep up. It, you know, 44, 45 million uh, filed unemployment claims. So it's very difficult to be able to kind of know exactly, you know, what the long-term effects are going to be. And I think that's what kind of like a lot of the top economists are saying is that we really don't know what to expect right. because this is such an unprecedented event. And um, so there's going to be some some very difficult things that are going to come of this. But, you know, for those individuals, you know, who have been laid off or have been furloughed, um, you know, there's there's definite things that they can do in order to uh, weather the storm as mm-hmm. best they possibly can. And I think the biggest one is to keep moving, uh, to stay busy, uh, to continue to advance your skill sets, you know, recognize any deficiencies that you do have. Um, there are loads and loads of uh, online resources to, you know, take courses uh, to upskill um, that are accessible and, and therefore um, for those individuals. Um, and so many of those are free right now, just given, right. given the circumstances. Yeah. Um, you know, most companies are actually offering those uh, those services uh, for free. So um, take advantage of those types of things. Um, uh, obviously, networking, uh, continuing to make it an absolute priority to reach out to individuals uh, in the field that you're going into. Uh, the field that you want to continue to work into. If if you're making if you're thinking about a career change, that's absolutely fine. Um, but you really want to make sure that you know what to expect. Um, make sure you're reaching out to individuals who work in that field um, and sort of assess. You know what are the challenges? What are the mm-hmm. needs? What skills do you lack that you maybe need to to make sure that you're staying prepared on? And then um, you know meeting that accordingly. Um, and then obviously the other things too is that. Um, that it's going to be a natural uh, and understandable consequence of this uh, pandemic to maybe have gaps on the resume. Uh, and, yeah. and, and that's going to be absolutely understandable. And one of the things that I think is important for all job seekers to remember is that I don't think very many recruiters are going to look at, at um, those gaps with a, you know, a negative lens mm-hmm. given the situation because it's so understandable at this time. The bigger question that recruiters and hiring managers are going to ask is, what did you do 
during that time. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. How are you utilizing that time to make sure that you're still a viable candidate, to make sure that you're still employable uh, once everything does settle down? Because this won't last forever, but, um, but there will be some residuals. Yeah, th that's interesting you say that, that because I, I would have – and again, just looking at it from the outside, I've, I've never been in, in hiring in a corporate realm – I mean, of course, our our business is a little bit different as mm -hmm. far as therapists go because they're typically they're contractors and mm -hmm. and um, but yeah, to, to I've never thought to ask the question. Well, since while you were off, what were you doing with that time? Mm -hmm. I, I don't even think I would have even considered a question like that. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting to know. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, you know, people could just I, I guess just lay in bed for four months. You know, I, I mean, mm -hmm. really, they could do that, and and that wouldn't wouldn't be helpful. Certainly. And I and to sort of go along with that, I think one of the other things that a lot of people don't necessarily think about doing uh, during a time like this is, you know, they they maybe can get a little bit in desperation mode. Uh -huh. And so they're immediately on the job search. They're immediately looking for those full time, part time opportunities, anything, um, you know, to to earn a check. Um, but I think a lot of times people don't tend to think about, you know, maybe do some pro bono, maybe do a little volunteer work because that is number one, it's demonstrating that you have skills. Mm -hmm. Number two, it's really getting in the good graces of a company. If, if you're willing to, um, do a pro bono project for a company, um, you know, that's, that's really establishing yourself as somebody credible. And then they don't have to go through a vetting process down the road to know that you're hireable. Oh, that, that that's a good point too because who would think to work for free when you're out of work anyway mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean really that's <laughs> exactly it's so it sounds so counterintuitive but but absolutely it can be one of those game changers Wow, that that's that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because most people would just be like, "No way, mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not working for free." Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, don't shut me up. <laughs> yeah, it just it, it it just seems you're right. It seems counterintuitive. Like, mm -hmm. why would I work for free? I'm looking for work to get paid. Mm -hmm. But all it takes sometimes is one project. You you know you jump in and say, "All right, you know, let me let me handle this uh, for you." You know, free of charge. All it takes is one mm. and then you know now you have maybe changed the narrative a little bit and they they say, well, you know, let's look into this person a little bit more. Somebody that you, you know you maybe didn't have a relationship with or a company that you didn't have a relationship yeah, right. with before. Yeah, and that – like you said, it kind of gets your foot in the door and mm -hmm. gives you an in, that, mm -hmm. which is – with any job, that's kind of what you want anyway. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So while we're while we're on that again, I know this kind of rolling into. So if somebody is looking, somebody's out of work right now, and they're considering looking for work. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about practical things, and and I know these are things that I think lightly get touched on when you're when you're going through school, but not nearly enough. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, because ask ask eight out of ten people out there, and probably the eight out of ten don't know how to put a resume together correctly. Mm -hmm. I, I mean. <laughs> I don't look at resumes much, but but I've seen those those things online where you know, oh yeah, resumes that are just ridiculous. <laughs> oh yeah. So tell us tell us what a resume should be, and and I know that's a very general question, but no, to no. kind of put it in a nutshell, what should a resume look like? Absolutely. So I, I think you hit the nail on the head that all it takes is uh, you know just Google resume template. <laughs> right. And, and you're going to get a million uh, different variations of what a resume should be. Uh, I think 
it really boils down to a couple of, of basic principles. The one thing that I, I do always encourage people to do is all those resume templates that you find online, they may look sensational. Uh, they might be super creative and super innovative and look – kind of have that modern kind of feel to them. But right. that, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're – uh, going to equal a job or yeah. or you know get you that interview right. and so that's always the the goal at the end of the day. So the biggest things when we're talking about uh, the resumes is that it's got to be number one it has to be tailored. It has to be absolutely tailored to the individual position. So to touch on another point that you said, we weren't taught this stuff in school. I, I know I had to learn it by trial mm-hmm. and error, and I made a lot of mistakes. You know, going on. In 2020, we sort of live in a very different world than I than I experienced when I was first job seeking. And companies now, um, probably, I think it's 98 percent of Fortune 500 companies use uh, what's called applicant tracking systems. Mm. And so these are uh, artif- artificial intelligence. Um, software uh, programs that are designed to screen out candidates, and it makes human resources life. A little bit easier. Well, right? yeah, because it's a lot. Of, it's automated, so mm-hmm. you don't have to have as many people. Yeah, yeah exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So, um, so to kind of give you some ballpark figures, if we had two hundred and fifty candidates, the applicant tracking system is going to maybe whittle it down to five. And so, right there, you have two hundred and forty-five. Yeah. you know that will never get looked at. Mm-hmm. And so, tailoring the resume to fit the job description, you have to make sure that your keywords line up with the keywords from the job description. That is the most central part because the applicant tracking system is making sure that you are relevant. Ah, that, that yep. your, your words match their words. Mm-hmm. And so these systems have gotten a little bit more sophisticated over time. So you're not just uh, necessarily looking for just verbatim the words from the job description, but they might also incorporate um, predictive words ah. or words that may go along with it. So there's a really, really fantastic resource called jobscan.co, uh, which uh, offers um, – the ability to be able to scan your resume uh, in a makeshift applicant tracking system. So it kind of gives an idea okay. of what it would look like to an applicant tracking system. Hmm. And so it's a really, really great uh, tool to be able to use. But the other thing uh, is you always want to have it looked at. So second key ingredient is making sure that it is um, proofread. So uh, it has to be free of errors. One grammatical uh-huh. error, one comma, one period, yeah. one anything. S-M-S. Automatically, right. it, it's going in the no pile. Yeah. And so those are little things that all of us are, are very, very inclined to do is just missed, miss things along the way, especially if we have a two-page resume, um, you know, which is a very – is another common misconception about how long a resume should be. Uh, basic uh, rule of thumb that I go by and many other resume writers go by is generally five to seven years of work experience equals one page. So uh-huh. – and then generally you don't want to go any more than 15 years just because of the times. Uh, how quickly do job uh, you know, responsibilities move forward? Right. What you did 15 years ago is probably not relevant. So. <laughs> well, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Right. So – um, so 15 years, absolute tops. I think on my resume, maybe I go back 10 years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's that's pretty much it. But you really have to know those applicant tracking systems, know how they're read. 
Um, and then, um, you know, little things that you're going to see on those those templates that we were talking about, the, the graphics, the pictures, the the graphs, all these different things that make it look super impressive. An applicant tracking system for the most part is going to tear that apart. It, right. It's not going to be read. And well, because it's not, it's not words. It's not text. It's exactly. not content. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And if you have too much of those – those embellishments, mm-hmm. you know, with all the different, you know, uh, the the colors and all of that stuff. The other problem too is that it parses the information incorrectly. Uh, so your education could fall into your work experience. Your skills it. could go into your education, and it, it's just a mess. Yeah. So that would be the other thing that I would say is making sure that you have nice, even, uh, and readable. Uh, section headers and very predictable headers like education, work experience, mm-hmm. not you know something creative that you came right. up with, <laughs> like, like, like hobbies and jokes or yeah. something. Yeah, something yeah. like that. So I, I we're going to continue, folks. And just to give you a heads up, we we just gotten started with this. Um, Brad's actually going to be with me for our next episode as well, so that we can really get into a lot more details about what you need as a listener. Um, so we, we, I know we just finished up on resumes. We're going to get out, answer a whole bunch of other questions. So stay with us for the next episode, and we're going to continue to help you as far as your career and where you want to go. So real quickly, again, Free Hope Hypnosis Guide is available to all my listeners as usual on every episode. Just take a look at the show notes for that link. And the next episode, again, we're going to be doing Career Counseling Part 2 with Brad Minton, our special guest. And, uh, yeah, just come back for the next episode, finish up this, and and you'll get a lot of great information. So come back and join us on the next episode. Just keep listening, and we'll be right there. Change your thinking, change your life, laugh hard, run fast, be kind. I'll see you next time.